With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. And tonight, George and Mike are with me. George, it's been a while. You can follow him on Twitter at jmontanez 90 You can follow Mike at SP Streamer. Gentlemen, welcome in. You can hear my frustration. <laughs> you don't sound that bad. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you sound fine. Well, yeah, so a little bit behind the scenes. We've been, it's been about half an hour of me just screwing around with this mic. And the mic just decided to take a crap on me. So I'm using my computer audio. It's serviceable. It'll get the job done. It'll be back to normal by next podcast. So calling a little bit of an audible. We were going to do a catcher preview and mailbag, but we're going to kind of keep it simple tonight. Just do a mailbag. I prefer to have the good quality and the microphone. So, we're, again, we're going to do something to keep everybody a little happy. But I'm just really frustrated. So it's episode 49, and we're just going to straight up do a mailbag now. The catcher preview, again, is getting pushed back. It'll be probably early next week. Probably first thing, probably Monday or so. So we'll um, so keep that in mind. But before we get started, just a quick reminder, guys, though, we uh, rating review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us is greatly appreciated. It really helps us out. As well as we – I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter if you follow us, but – we come together, SP Streamer, Bases Loaded, all of us hosts come together and create a Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash fantasy baseball. And honestly, guys, I think we offer pretty good service. I mean, there's a little bit of everything for all types of players. Definitely worth checking out. It's, it's still early in the month, so now would be a great time if you wanted to get on and support us and kind of uh, just get a chance to get to us a little better now. With all that stuff out of the way, let's dive to it. Let's dive to it. Let's dive into it. News and notes. Dude, it's hot stove season. It is. <laughs> Do you think we're going to have one of those drawn out ones again? Do you think it's finally like people are going to sign a little faster? What's your feel on it as of right now? Oh, man. I wish I had a feel on it. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. It's... Um... It's tough to gauge when, you know, like half the league is tanking and then the other half is trying to save money. So it's tough. Um, yeah, I, I hope not. I hope we don't see, you know, good quality players having to wait until February, March to sign. But I guess we'll see. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we have we have no idea, obviously, but I can see – the big stars waiting. I could see Cole waiting. I, I think it's going to be slow also, and we're all going to be dying all the way until March, honestly. Again. Which will be brutal. 
<laughs> I mean, it happened last year with Machado and Harper. The thing is, though, is I don't think, other than Cole and I guess Strauss to a point and Rendon to a point, we don't really have those, we don't have the megastars in their prime. Last year was kind of a special case deal. I'm a little optimistic. I think most, most, most players will sign come January. But I think if Cole and Strasburg pitchers in particular get signed really late, I might fade them a little bit because slow starts for pitchers that, you know, don't get me wrong, Cole and Strasburg can probably take, you know, could probably do well with a little bit of a break. But if they're not getting ramped up until like the first, like right before the first week of the season, there's a chance that either A, injury, or B, just a slow start or not pitching at all really for the first few weeks, you know, it's, kind of hurts them a little bit right yeah yeah some of the guys that i'm kind of you that i could see you know possibly wait dra- you know dragging this out is guys like um jose abreu or josh donaldson these guys that received the qualifying offers that are kind of you know a little bit past their prime now i mean if they don't stay with their current team i don't see another team jumping at the chance to sign them and having to give up draft pick compensation that's dude. That has to be. That's a big deal, man. That draft pick conversation. Look, Mustakis even. I think he he rejected his qualifying offer. And these guys are quality pieces, but it's really hard for teams to have to give up. You know, pay these players plus give up a draft pick when we all see how draft picks have become so valuable. To go back, like on Donaldson, like I don't see him going anywhere. I think he's going to stay in Atlanta. Do you think? Yeah, the- I think they resign him. Yeah. Yeah, but you know he wants like a two or three year deal. He doesn't want another one year prove a deal. He proved it. At least I think so. But we we all know how uh, Mike doesn't really like him this year. Nah, I think he's <laughs> gonna be hurt all year. Oh yeah, because you know that. Yeah, he, he faded him last year and it really worked out for you. <laughs> JD Martinez opted in. That was probably the biggest surprise. Everybody said he was gonna opt out. Yeah, now you gotta. That's I think that's goes. That was part of the news and notes. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, why don't, if anything, they should try their damn hardest to trade JD Martinez, right? If, I mean, if they're trying to save money. But I think no one's going to want that contract. I think that's what the problem is. It's not yeah, that they'd bad. Have, they'd have to eat a lot of money on that. That's what you sure. think. Yeah. It's only 20 million a year. And he played damn good. Like, look at the numbers. No, yeah, he did great. I mean, I just don't see – I mean, and if he stays in the AL, he can DH, and his type of hit skill can age well. I just don't see – I think today's game, $20 million a year, is a pretty solid price for a guy like him. Yeah, he he just needs – he needs a DH. That's, you know, for sure. He can't can't play the field. He wants to, though. I I mean, last I remember, he really wanted to, and that was a a whole other discussion, though, because he's not the greatest fielder. I went to high school with J.D. Martinez, Mike. I don't know if I ever told you that. Oh, really? Wow. So, you think Betts – do you think Betts gets moved then? Like, you mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, they got to clear the cap. I think – I mean, they really want to be under the luxury tax, right? So, I <laughs> yeah. mean, as much as – I I guess you're right. I'm sure they'll probably try and move J.D. first, but I just feel like maybe they just won't get anyone and they'll have no choice but to move Betts. They should I mean, be. If they, you if know they they're going to get a crazy haul for him. So that's what I was about to say. They need to. They have <sighs> such a good young infield too. I mean, I, yeah, it's it's. That's is only twenty seven. That's the crazy part. It's like he's in his prime yeah, and he's a homegrown yeah. product. Like, it's just it's it's crazy to me to think that that's what basically like Boston, one of the biggest markets, one of the like, teams that pay 
Now, you know, that's what you get when you pay sale and uh, injury prone Nate Valdi, man. <laughs> that's what, these guys are yeah. so injury and they shovel money out to them. And now they're in this position. Speak well while we're in the in a, the you know, the AL East. DD was not offered a qualifying offer, which was really surprising because smart. Why? I see, I was surprised. <laughs> I thought they. Would, I thought somebody would take on. You think he would have taken the money and stayed? I I don't think they should have went for him at all. I mean I mean no, but when you oh, if they if they did, if well if they extend the qualifying offer and DD rejects it, now they get right. draft pick, now they get draft pick compensation. Right, I think he would have stayed. Yeah, you think he would have taken up the offer? Yeah, I agree. I, I think yeah, he's coming off an injury, a down season. Why wouldn't he take it? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. I mean, I wasn't too sure. Million? He's he's also like twenty eight. He's a little older too than most people realize. Twenty eight, twenty nine. Not old, but definitely not like you know twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, see, I like the move because he's a really streaky player, and I think they already have too many streaky bats in that lineup. And plus, that infield is crowded. So I'm, I think that was a smart move by them. I know Yankee fans love him and are obsessed with him, but from a baseball perspective, I think that's a really smart move. You want to know two, and I, I used to, you, you guys know the notes, but two guys I really love that are un, 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 underrated. I can't say the word. Two guys I really love that are underrated free agents were are Eric Thames and Danny Salazar, both of which were outright uh, released or not offered, not offered anything, I should say. And they're not great. They're not spectacular players, but in the right place, I like both of them. And Bubba and I actually, Bubba tweeted about it, and I was talking to him a little bit on Twitter. And Salazar is really the intriguing one of the two, more or less. I mean, he can go anywhere. He can even go to the Marlins because he's the type of guy that Marlins gamble on him. He's going to be cheap. He has a little bit of a bounce back off these injuries, and then Marlins, <laughs> and then they trade him. But, <laughs> of yeah. course, that's why I said the Marlins. But, like, if he goes to the right place, he might have some, you know, some streamer appeal there, Mike. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Although, I stop hoping for the Marlins to take him. Yeah. Oh, you know. a nice uh, little reclamation <laughs> project. Someone that I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants, you know, in a, <sighs> another, another rebuilding year. Go ahead and sign them and uh, see what they could do with them. Maybe flip them. That's why I said the Marlins, because the Marlins could use, you know, a nice veteran presence, a nice, you know. I don't think so, because they have such a young pitching rotation. I feel like, why not go with your young guys? Why even bother? You stop my hopes and dreams of us getting somebody that might get us more prospects. That's well, all I'm, I'm saying that they shouldn't go for him because you have good young pitching already, so that's a positive. Yeah, but, meh. Uh, eh. All right. Yeah, I just want him. I just want him because I know I know he'll yield. I know he'll bring back. I know he'll bring back a little something, something to trade deadline. So, you want to know what I do hate the most? Last thing I really think is worth mentioning. We could breeze over the fact that the, that Chapman reworked his deal, so he's going to stay a Yankee. So he's a closer, top three closer probably. We all, I haven't looked at my RP ranks, but I can't imagine him not being a top three relief pitcher. But Braves re-signed Nick Markakis, and if you see the notes I sent you, I had that little. Face like really the straight face, straight <laughs> eyes, and everything was just like, come on, this is really happening. <laughs> I was hoping for Pache or Waters to at least maybe possibly have a chance to break camp. Now they're both going to be down at least a month for service time or whatever. So <laughs> I, I don't think Marquez is going to be anyone that necessarily blocks them the whole year. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it might actually just 
make those guys, you know, just you just wait on them and pick them up off the waiver wire. I don't want to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I want my shiny new toys and I want them now. You know, speaking yeah. of prospects, that leads us right into our first question that I can hurry up and pull up somewhere. Oh, I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm supposed to have these ready, right? Should be prepared. A lot of people uh, may not realize this, but we are pretty redraft centered as far as like the material we provide for podcasts. But, you know, on, on occasion, I'll bring on a Shelly. I actually have Ralph Lipschitz lined up to come on soon for those who are into prospects. So that stuff will happen. But one, our first question that I want to just kind of breeze over is from at Rex underscore Rome. Could you walk through how you evaluate minor league pitchers without as much detailed data as we have for MLB pitchers? Do you look for what do you look for at different levels slash ages? Prospect data is very limited. Like, you know, we don't get the baseball savant stuff. We don't have spin rates on guys in triple A, double A, you know. Um, all we have is just the historical data, like their their stats to go off of and how they're doing. We can look into repertoire changes, stuff like that, but it, it, it's hard. It's definitely hard. Uh, evaluating prospects is not easy at all. So, um, actually, you know, I respect the guys who do it. You know, we have a guy with, at the Fantrax HQ, Eric Cross, who does all the prospect stuff. And so, you know, you kind of lean on, you know, guys like that. Um, Ralph Lifshitz, who you mentioned. When Personally, when I'm looking at minor league pitchers, like the first thing I want to see is control. Um, guys who are you know not walking so many batters uh i, I want to see how they're developing through the different stages like you know how they're developing their control but other than that yeah i mean it's it's hard my personal thing what i like to do first like i i'm i, I like to think i know prospects decently i'm not one of the like you mentioned those like the, ex- the experts we've mentioned but I definitely have a process. Like, first off, like I actually go digging into like the in-season stats for the minor leagues, all the different levels. I'll go look for people who stand out and see what's going on. Big thing I look at will be the like K per nine and walks per nine. Like you mentioned, pretty much the control stats. Right. So I'll, I'll go look at their like K minus walk percentage, and then I'll look at like I'll look at other things like okay, because you know FIP and XFIP are actually available for those pitchers, so you do have some indication of the underlying ERA stats. Yeah. I'll, I'll go look at strand rates, a little bit bad bit, and I'll just kind of formulate my idea. And then I'll be like, well, for instance, Shane Baz. From 2018 at one point to 2019, you see some uptick in his uh, K per nine at one point, and his walks have gone down, but they're still a bit high. But Shane Baz is the kind of guy that's interesting. So I'll go, what I'll do is I'll actually go a step further. I'll actually go look up videos. I'll go look up some um, – and I'll watch a few of his pitches and see, I'm like, wow, this guy has some electric stuff, you know, some of his stuff that can be really electric. And then I'll, I'll, like you mentioned, then it goes into, let's see what Twitter has to say. I'll go find some experts that maybe I know follow him. Maybe I know, like, broken down tape. Because I'm not, you know, I, I know, speak for all of us here, that none of us are scouts. As much as we like to be or try to be. <laughs> none of us are actual scouts. So I'll go look at stuff like that. I'll just go watch some tape. Yes, I go out of my way to watch tape these days because I'm, I'm a degenerate. And then I'll go ask a few of my uh, a few of the other analysts that I might know. Or I'll go see like some well-known people and I'll see like what, what, what some, like some readings on uh, velocity and just a whole bunch of other stuff. Maybe still stuff he's working on. Like, oh, he added, like you mentioned, added to his repertoire. And it's, it's a real, like to truly do it yourself, it's a process, but never be afraid to lean on others. Cause there are some people that have access to way more players and way more data than we do. 
there's I know there are, there is miners graphs. That's actually a really good tool. That's um, I haven't dabbled in it enough to really be com to be comfortable with it to be honest. But I know it's a really really popular up and coming tool that has a lot more information than your typical place ha uh, has available. So that's worth 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 looking into. But again, as far as valuation goes, similar to what George does, I do waste too much time going down the rabbit hole probably it's a little bit of my own a little bit of stealing from others to be honest yeah i mean really that's all you can do i mean as, as far as you like you know we're not scouts like you said so you and, just do what you can and you look for the traits that that you like the traits that you value in in pitchers like you look for those traits yeah um, like, like i'm really big on the k prime walks like a k minus walk percentage basically so anybody flashing a really high like k upside in minors and then obviously you want to see the good ratios, but I don't know. I'm big on I'm big on the K prime walks per nine stuff because somebody who shows good command that typically moves well up the ranks. So yeah, yeah, same here. I look for um, you know strikeouts, um, walk, you know limiting walks and ground ball rate. Really, yeah, I was actually just gonna say that too. <laughs> and again, <laughs> again, you do have your X FIPs, your FIP. At the very least, you can find your FIP and X FIP and ERA, so you have some ratio ideas. So. And it's a lot. It's definitely, um, it's definitely, there's more and more information becoming available every, every day, every year. So it's a growing thing, but everybody has their own process. Find, at the end of the day, find what works for you the best. Everybody has their preferences. I'm way better at evaluating hitters on both sides, minor league and uh, major league side things. So pitchers is still a constant thing. I'm, I'm texting, heck, I've texted Mike recently. Like, hey, what, like, I, I need to catch up to your knowledge base, man. Like it is what it is. Like when it comes to hitters, I'm very, I feel very strong and very confident in my, in my hitter analysis. So I, that goes on both sides of the ball, but everything here is pitching tonight. Cause you know, Mike over here with SP streamer stuff, everyone wants to ask him pitching questions. So thanks for that, Mike. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know what? Heath caps. He's a great guy. He asked us catcher questions, but we're not doing catchers because my mic is all jacked up. So he, we will revisit this question, I promise. I will text you tomorrow, let you know that. <laughs> but if you're listening to this, we did not uh, answer your question tonight. I apologize. But yeah, it is a picture. We'll, we'll get to his stuff for sure. He's he's always supported our our stuff. So he's no, he's a great guy. I will um yeah I, we will make sure to uh, touch on his stuff. And anyway, is AJ Puck really a reliever long term? This is from at. D.A. Momen 76. I, sorry. I'm sorry. I butchered that. The Moment 76. Mike, you want to give your thoughts on A.J. Puck? Yeah, so I don't think he's a reliever. I mean. It's a possibility, of course. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. But I like him as a starter. I think he can be a starter. Um, he's got. I kind of, I actually like three of his pitches, and I think he can definitely have a three pitch repertoire, which is basically leans him towards a starter. And I mean, he's got the, I think he's can miss bats, you know, unbelievably. And I, I loved him coming into the year before his injury. So again, we have to see if, if they put him in the rotation, I think he sticks. That's basically my thought. Um, but, and I think that's what they do, but if they put him in the bullpen, then I guess we're going to have to wait and see, and it, maybe that's where he'll be stuck. Puck is stuck. It rhymes. Puck is stuck. Yes. 
I'm a fan of Puck and his stuff, and I think he I think he starts as well. I'm with you. There's I mean, can he stick to a pen? Yeah, but I think ultimately he's a starter and he'll be I think there's a spot for him as early as next year to be given the opportunity. So Yeah, absolutely. I'm still looking at him as a future starter. Um and if not, I, I he should be like a, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I know I've got him on multiple dynasty leagues, which actually kind of makes sense that we're getting questions like these right now. Cause it's like, you know, dynasty, like trade season and stuff. Um, I, so, I, so who's going to be, who's going to be in that rotation next year? You got Montas, right? You got Lazardo. You got Manaya. Sean Manaya. Manaya. Fires, I fires? think. Are they going to, and then, and then Puck? Who else? I think, Puck, I think he, I think those were the only, I think the I think Montas Manaya and Fires are the only three under contract at the moment. Lazardo, you assume he's getting that one of those role, one of those spots, and then leaves us opening for Puck. So see, yeah, I wonder if they're going to do something with Puck Lazardo where they not rotate them, but maybe go one for the first half, one for the second half, because you can't really run that many innings with them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm laughing because you just tweeted like we we literally just finished answering a question and you're over here tweeting the guy like hey we just answered your question hey I'm just trying to let him know <laughs> <laughs> we're still mid recording and answering do you want to gain viewers that's all I want <laughs> listeners you mean because you know viewers are involved in video which <laughs> you which, know what I mean listen you know what that kind of we should do also promotion on that but I guess we should wait we're not quite ready for that anywho. Back to the questions. So, Puck, reliever long-term. If he is a reliever, I think he ends up becoming, like, a really solid closer, though. If, I mean, I think he holds value either way he goes. But I'd rather him be a I, – I think he's a starter. I'd rather him be a starter. At Tompkins underscore – I think those are uppercase I's. It's, like, the second, basically. Whatever. Sorry, buddy, for ruining your name. He wants to know which one you keep. I think we're all going to agree on this, but it's Severino, Chris Sale, Mike Clevenger, or Alex Bregman. I think it's clearly Bregman, and there's no uh, no one else is really going to debate that, right? Wait, what was it? Oh, way to go. Well, if you weren't so busy texting people back. <laughs> I wasn't. I, <laughs> I just saw it pop up on my phone. I'm using it. I don't know what you're talking about. Go uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> Sevy? Luis, Luis Severino, Chris Sale, Mike Clevenger, Alex Bregman, keep one. Who? From at Tompkins underscore II. Well, at what round? That, there was or no. How much? There's no. There's no, no context. Have you got to just pick out of all of them? Yeah. If I'm, yeah, without any context, it's Bregman. But dude. <laughs> Which is so hard to do because what about, what are his other pitchers? What are his other right. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, Bregman's rated, I mean, it would be above all those guys, right? So right. Yeah, without without much thought. I mean, say, right. oh, you want to help him out? Let's, let's rank them in order. Bregman, Clevenger, Severino, Sale in a keeper format? Is that how you guys would rank them? I think Bregman yeah. and Clevenger is a clear like one and two right there. Mm-hmm. And, right, you gotta go Severino Sale. Yeah, uh, Severino and then Sale. Age, age alone is a huge exactly. factor. Because Severino's only what twenty five. I think twenty five ish. Yeah, Sale's thirty. So. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, exactly. So that's why I feel like age plays. Huge. And Clevenger's like twenty eight though. So but his, but his stuff is so nasty, and he's right now he's just better. And twenty eight isn't that old. 
I wouldn't be I wouldn't kill somebody or kill somebody. I wouldn't really blame somebody if they went Severino over Clevenger, but I still prefer Clevenger. I believe in the health more and we've seen his upside, so Oh no, I, I would absolutely blame them. <laughs> no, I, I... <laughs> that's harsh. I can understand it in a keeper format because of age. If you know, what if what if your team's full rebuild? Do you really want the guy three years older? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm honestly, Gosh. I could, I could see an argument for sale though over um, Severino. Really, I from... see argument as sale of the second person. If you want to yeah, argue yeah. that, I just don't want to argue that because I don't see it. But <laughs> I think we spent enough time on this question. We kind of all agree: Bregman, Clevenger, Severino, sale. Right, right now, that's how we rank them in a keeper. Yeah. All right, cool. Okay, now Kobe Richards at underscore Critch23 underscore. I've had a, many a conversations with Kobe, Colby, and he's a good guy, but he wants me he wants to rank these ceilings and there's way too many names. So I kind of picked my top three to four. Mm-hmm. But I'll read the names anyway. It's okay. Tyler Molly, Gallon, Yamamoto, Justin Dunn, Mitch Keller, Daniel Lynch, Chris Bubick, Hans Kraus. Ryan Rollison, J.B. Bukowskis, and Spencer Howard. He mixed in a few MLB-ready guys with a few prospects, of course. And so who did you go with? I thought, dude, honestly, I did not look into Mitch Keller at all until today. Oh, my and God, he's so good. I want Mitch Keller everywhere now. Did you not read my article on him? Do I, I ever I, read your articles? I guess you don't read my material, you know, whatever. Well, it's not not for lack of not wanting to. It's for lack of time half the time. Yeah, no, sure, sure, sure. But also, to be completely honest, I don't like being swayed in my opinion on people. (laughs) What? Seriously, it's a huge thing. Like, I don't like – like, I hate – like, if you write an article, I really – I'll read some of them, but then – but I don't want – like, right now, it's like if I read someone's article, like, you're going to sway my opinion on things because, unfortunately, I respect your opinion even though I don't care about you. So people shouldn't read your articles then either? Well, people on uh, consumers, <laughs> consumers should. But I'd be wrong to say that you wouldn't like. Honestly, anything you guys write, you guys would affect my opinion. It just—it's the way it is. I respect if I respect your opinion, it's going to affect my outlook. I mean, yeah, I, I get that. I don't. I don't expect like I don't expect other experts to read like my articles and stuff. But because really, our audience is for you know the listeners and people who. Um, you know who need the who need help who need our advice. With that said, though, I do like Mike's articles. I promise. I just haven't read many of them. <laughs> well, and in my defense, you pump one. Wow. You were pumping. You were pumping one out like every other day. I pump two a week. I read all of yours. I just want you to know that. I do. Well, I do one a week at most. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. That's all. All right. I guess I have some homework tomorrow. Anyway, uh, so we're <laughs> Keller and Gallon in your top three or four or whatever you said yeah oh yeah well yeah i had gallon and mitch keller i feel like those were our top two with spencer howard i love this kid man his stuff he's a first year player draft guy his stuff looks great um amazing reports on him all like his name is all over twitter um his his minor league stats his, his stuff stands out I really like him as a prospect. He definitely stands out above all these other prospects. And Mikoskis, I just think, unfortunately, there's reliever risk with him. But he has the K upside. And he's interesting, but he's – I feel like it's a clear three as far as Gallon, Mitch Keller, and then Spencer Howard. 
Justin yeah. Dunn doesn't really do much for me. Yamato is Yamato's okay. I feel like him and Molly are like the same guy. They're okay. I don't think there's a huge upside for them. Uh, I actually like Molly significantly more than than Yamamoto. But no, I see what you're uh, what you're saying though. I I think for sure as if we're talking about uh, next season, I think Gallon is by far um, probably number well, one followed yeah. by yeah followed like, by Kel- Keller. Uh huh. Sorry, no, I'll say head and shoulders, Gallon, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, but he mentioned he he included, I think, majority of this is prospects. So I did my homework on a lot of them. And that's why it's like Daniel Lynch isn't bad either. Daniel Lynch is solid, but I think it's clear. Like, I'm looking at almost like a dynasty because these are a bunch of these names are late, you know, other than Gallon, even Keller is a late round pick. It's like either late round, borderline undrafted, and then a bunch of prospects. So it's like I look at it from a dynasty point of view. And I really want Gallon, Keller, Howard, and Lynch. And those are my top four, probably in that order. Yeah, I actually like Molly as a sleeper for next season. Oh, don't do it to me again, man. It's, <laughs> every year, it's a, he has a couple hot streaks in him every year, but isn't he like a two-pitch pitcher mostly? I, I looked into him a little bit today. So, I don't know. I, I looked into him a little bit, like I usually do. I do my homework a little bit. And I'm pretty sure it's a two-pitch He, oh, I think he throws three or four, but it's like two that he really – you know, it's like really only two. Yeah. Which, oh, and by the way, I want zero – Ryan Rollison is on this list, and I want nothing to do with any Rockies pitcher. He's a Rockies prospect. As long as he's in the Rockies system, I don't want him. I never touch <laughs> any Rockies pitchers ever. Rocky Coors is undefeated. Yeah. Can't do it. So, yeah, I gave my – I don't know. Sorry, I kind of took over that one, as always. But did anybody have any other thoughts on it? No. Before we won? Expecting breakouts from Dustin May and or Brandon McKay, both appearing interesting. It's not really – well, he did put a question mark. I guess he's asking for expecting breakouts. I love Dustin May, personally. But I'll let you guys jump on it before I give my opinion. So I think it's kind of um, preference here. Um, I mean, I feel like May is more of a weak contact ground ball type pitcher and McKay's high strikeout, but will definitely, you know, get lit up certain games. And I think their second year, both of them are going to kind of stick to that. I mean, I don't think May's going to really blow you away with some starts, but he's going to be solid. And I think McKay, will be really up and down. I mean, McKay had a really high – had a decent swing strike rate and a high O-swing percentage. So, I I just – the K potential's there, and I go for Ks, so I would prefer McKay over May. Uh, I know. I, I knew you would go Dustin May, but that's okay. I, I'm uh, – <laughs> I was going to say I'm with you, Mike uh, – as far as uh, preferring McKay, um, I think I actually like McKay. Now, who's actually – are both of these guys guaranteed rotation spots? No. Well, right. not – definitely, definitely, definitely not, not May. Definitely not May. Yeah, I, I think they're both questions. I think I, I almost feel more comfortable saying May, and that's crazy as a Dodger. I don't know, man. I – I see what you're saying. I mean, McKay offers the K upside, and you're right. I typically, I'm usually with you. I typically go with K's as well. I feel like he's saying, though, basically asking this question is just pretend as if both will definitely be in the rotation. Do you think they're going to break out either one? 
I think they both can. I think they're both in that same tier of like they can both take that next step and both are solid values entering 2019 or 2020. Excuse me. Right. I just think more of an upside or breakout potential. Right. Because of the strikeouts. Yeah. And I think, I feel like, I feel feel like May is a safer, higher floor type. And even if May is in the rotation, they screw with the rotation all the time. They limit their pitchers. You don't know what they're going to, you know, innings, you know, innings wise, who knows what they're going to do with him. Whereas, I mean, I guess the Rays do limit their pitchers too, but but I feel like they would give him, you know, as many starts as he could handle. They would just probably limit him more sort of five innings per outing, but I feel like he would get more starts than Met. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. Well, I mean, this was his career high year in innings pitch uh, as far as uh, McKay, and he had, I'm doing the math real quick, 90, 122 innings. So you could see a limit of like 160 to 180, which would be a full season, basically. May also, wow, May actually had 130. 110-ish? No, more than that. Yeah, uh, yeah, 120. Yeah, 79, 79 plus 27, <laughs> 90. It's 99, 106, 140 innings. 150, 141 innings, exactly, actually. Why so did I you, not see that? Oh, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. 149 innings. So he pitched 20 more innings, had the better ratios. I think he has the higher floor, and I think he might have a higher innings limit or lack of one imposed. You know, he could be, you know, he could, I mean, if he pitched 140, why can't he pitch 180 next year? Whereas McKay pitched 120, it could be very similar. You don't know. Both these are big question marks. I think I don't, I wouldn't, I honestly don't mind McKay. If you told me McKay over May, I get it, but I, I'm going to roll with May over McKay. I think there's untapped potential in May. I think okay. the K's can come. And yeah, that's really it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just like, I, I usually go for upside, but I think May offers upside, but with a higher floor. And I love being Fair against enough. I love being against Mr. SP Streamer. <laughs> when we don't agree, it makes me question myself, to be honest. And I hate it. But I like it because then if I'm right, you suck. Just all I ask is just draft Max Freed ahead of Soroka. Just dude, I'm seeing I I, I can't find it's it for me. Well, I can't <laughs> like I don't even see that ranking anywhere. I feel like that's very like you're very hot takey on that. And dude, after we've talked about it, I'm with I'm definitely you. the only one with that. Yeah. But I'm with you, so you won't be the only one. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. But, but I I'm here but, with the big guys. I haven't seen a uh, anyone put Freed over Soroka. Or even really close to, for the matter. I mean, although although there was that one draft where they went like a round and a half apart. Okay. I don't know which one it was. I guess it wasn't you that pointed it out, but there was a mock draft. No. There was a mock draft where they went around and a half apart, roughly, which was interesting. Which is really close, considering that the hype on Freed it hasn't built like I expected. Yeah, right. But it, it will. Freed's on all the questions. Okay, so we saved the best for last. There's like twenty questions here. <laughs> Com Center Sports. He's a good guy, man. He actually supports a lot of our stuff and likes a lot of our stuff. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about. Um, we've discussed Jack Flaherty, top ten SP next year. And I don't think any of us have him drafted that way. No. So none of us are on board with that line of thought. However, I think I was the highest at like eleven or twelve because I'm totally buying the second half. And he changes pitch mix. 
it proved effective. The sinker use was the sinker was great. The slider was great. The fastball was solid. You don't really believe in the fastballs much. Yeah, so. I was gonna say. Me and you went back and forth for a little bit on this, and it's just the fastball is never this good. I'm not saying that it can't be that good. Of course, it can be, but, but I just I'm not gonna draft someone that high, not knowing if it's legit or not, and. We will find out quickly. We'll find out in the first month or two of next year. And he very well could be that good. And if he's that good, then all the power to everyone who took him. But I'm not going to risk, you know, taking him that high in a draft, not knowing if I could rely on that fastball. Well, but again, to be fair, neither one of us, not only, and Zach, or Zach, see, I called you Zach and George. <laughs> George, you can vow, uh, you can kind of speak for yourself, but I know, I know. Mike and I aren't on Flaherty as a top 10 pitcher. Are you? Um, pro- no, probably just right outside. Right outside yeah. top 10. So I was going to say, when I put out my rankings, the he was mentioned the most with people saying he was too low and should be in top 10. So I think a lot of people view him as top 10. I'm surprised because I think Pollock has him like 14-ish or something like that. I, have, I, I had him in top 10, but then I realized I, I don't want to put that much faith in him as a top 10 pitcher because of what one half of a season we've been burned by good halves before like it Zach happens. Wheeler yeah Wheeler exactly but obviously Flaherty's on a different level I think yeah. regardless I, I none of, he's not top 10 for any of us so none of us are going to argue for him to be top 10 just some of us have um more faith in him than others yeah Blake Snell the unlucky I think he answers his own question with how unlucky Blake Snell was <laughs> Very unlucky, yes. Dude, it's he's gonna bounce back. He's gonna be such a great value in drafts. I I have him top ten. I have him yeah, above Flaherty. I have him above Flaherty. I think you do too. And I think so does George, right? Yeah, there's just so many things. Like everything is pointing to, you know, positive regression with Snell. Um, he absolutely got unlucky. Yeah, the guy just has tremendous skills. Which, by the way, for all those who are listening, these are all questions. I'm just not reading the questions word for word from Com Center Sports. Again, he's a he's a great he's been a great follow and follower. He's always he's pretty interactive, so I have no problem answering these questions. But I'm not reading them out word for word each one. But there's eight of them, so <laughs> bear with us. So really, not back in Blake Snell. We all agree it was very unlucky. Right. You got to bounce back. None of us have any questions. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he wants analytical breakdowns of all these because I don't think anybody – because he gave us analytics in the questions. Yeah, let's just roll with it. I think he just wants our opinions. Yeah, he's getting them. Thor, your favorite player. <laughs> I can agree he was unlucky. Positive regression should come, but to what extent, I don't know. I want to – I feel like we're all going to overlook him. He's going to get a feel for that slider again. Because the ball's going to change just enough for him to get the grip, so he stops crying about the grips. Because that was the thing with him. He, he had no feel for his pitches. He played with his arsenal all year. He threw more fastballs, and it burned him. He had less swinging strikes, less chase rate. But that comes with the change, change in arsenal because he couldn't get a feel for his pitches. Yeah, I, I honestly so came in. I came and talk to talk about him as a Mets fan. I'm just so – I'm way too biased on him. I can't think anything otherwise than he will never reach his potential as a Met. I think he needs to get out of the organization, go somewhere like Houston or wherever, and they'll know how to use him, and that's when he'll actually reach his potential. So I will be down on him. I will probably always be down on him, honestly. Top 25 or just outside for you? 
No, I think I got him. I don't remember. 30 to 40? Jeez. Yeah. Why is he, he why is he actually I might be wrong. No, I think he's 20 to 30. But I mean, again, he has the potential. I just I can't explain. All I could say is it's the Mets. That's all I could say. <laughs> George, you have any thoughts on Thor? I am just I think he's probably going to be between 15 and 20 for me. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm also not, uh, I'm not a burned Mets fan. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Um, Yeah. I mean, we know the potential. Um, Can he reach it? I I don't know, but I, I look at the other pictures around here and yeah, I think, I think I'm going to have him probably around 15 to 20. I'm at 25 by the way. I'm going to have them close. I think me and Mike are going to line up because I, again, I, well, you have to remember, I was Thor. I had Thor everywhere last year and I got burned. So it's recency bias as well for me. And as a fantasy owner, it's hard to let go. And like, I want Woodruff over him. I want Carrasco. I might want Kluber. I'm really down on Kluber. And it's because he showed decline before missing the year to a freak injury. But that's another. But another he always aspect. starts slow. Just putting it out there. Well, it doesn't help. Okay, it doesn't help when you start slow and you have no chance of finishing because you're hurt. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, but I'm but saying he, you but can't. All right, all right. Anyway, another. You're guy. showing, <laughs> he, dude. The guy was showing decline prior to the season. You know, he's been he's aging. Another it's day. Another day. <laughs> Bauer, Archer, Ray, basically the same guy. Prove me wrong. <laughs> that's the. That's I actually don't mind that take. I mean. I think Bauer's only had under a four-year A once his entire career so far. I think Bauer ha- – I think the difference is the upside. We saw the potential. I think the fact that Bauer has like eight pitches that he could throw and he works on a new one every year. He's heavy into the analytics. He really cares about that stuff. Yeah. And he tries to pitch. I think – and I think with the pitching coach, look what the pitching coach did with Sonny Gray. Got him back to what he does best and made him a solid pitcher that we most of us rank above Bauer. I think Bauer just offers that level of upside that we no longer have with Archer. And I think Ray's just underrated. Yeah, I don't think the Archer comp should even be there. I think Archer's nowhere near these two guys, honestly. Well, old Archer, Archer though. Like right. Archer. Okay. But uh, <laughs> like Archer three years ago, same yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I mean, they both, they all three of them have high K potential and they're a little erratic. I mean, he's Ray right. was underrated. Like it was like Ray was sneaky good this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> up and down, though. Up and down, though. Uh, him and Bauer are very volatile. Bauer so, just gets I killed by right. Oh no, I'm I'm higher on. I, I, I it's hard to prove him wrong with this with you know what the stats with with the stats show showed us this year. But man, I don't know. I still think Bauer you, had that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what about you, George? No, yeah, I'm- <laughs> I pretty much am, I'm in agreement with you guys. I mean, Archer for sure shouldn't even be in this discussion with these guys. And Ray, yeah, like he was probably underrated. Um, I, Bauer burned me big time this year, so I'm just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the argument that Robbie Ray, you, you know, Robbie Ray over Bauer is not a bad one. I could t- absolutely see that. I'm not doing it. I don't care about the K rate. A uh, 4.34 walk rate in a good year for him is, you know, it's, <laughs> that's a problem. Anyway, 
Dave Alcantara, top 40 SP went into 2020. Spicy. It's a little spicy there. I love it. You, I was going to say, you'd love some Sandy. I love it. I think the wins are going to keep holding back because wins actually matter in fantasy, and the Marlins don't win a lot. Yeah, that's true. He obviously he gains value in quality start. I mean, I just love that power sinker he's got. I mean, there's, I, I think he's going to be, you know, provide a lot of great value wherever he goes ADP-wise. I honestly haven't dug into him enough yet. and I, I read that article, but I haven't. I haven't dug into it myself yet. Oh, why do I not believe you? <laughs> you probably shouldn't believe me. No, I definitely, I definitely looked at that one actually. That one and the um, there was a couple others I actually did uh, look over and read a little bit of. But to say I read them all, that would be a lie. Anyway, <laughs> no offense, just no offense taken. Well, well you're a very busy person. Trust me. I I'm really not. am. Yeah, people don't realize how much I do behind the scenes. I really don't care. I'm just busting. <laughs> I was just busting balls when I said it. <laughs> I know, but I do. I do want to support your stuff. I do support it. I just don't personally take the time to. As long as you pretend to read it, that's all. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm not lying to your face right now. I'm telling you, I don't read it. Um... <laughs> you always get my upvotes. That's for sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Even when they don't deserve it. Anyway, no kidding. <laughs> Speaking of Marlins pitchers, Caleb Smith. I just I'm not reading all these stats. We get it. He had a rough year. Um, I think he's a fly ball pitcher. Marlins Park helps him though, so that's one thing. But we also saw the you don't accidentally fall into it. This actually, you know what? This kind of plays into the Flaherty argument for you because he had that great first half, and then since the injury and all that, he kind of fell off. And there's other things that, like, when you look into him a little more, he, he did change his pitch arsenal in the second half, which proved to be, you know, not a good change. I'm thinking part of that was probably burnout because it was his first, you know, heavy workload in, in like a year or two. So I think there was some burnout there, which caused him to change his pitch mix for, you know, easier. I think he threw more fastballs, which, and his velocity also dropped, if I remember correctly. So I think there, I think he's relevant in 12 teamers. That's the next part of the question, too. <laughs> is he relevant I, in 12 team leagues? Right. I think he's relevant as a late round player, as like a SP5, yeah. SP6 on your team. Yeah, he's definitely a little risky because of the injury history. Um, I think he just died out. So, but you got, he's definitely worth the risk. I mean, he had that, he had a great first half, right? Yeah, it was, well, he got hurt towards the end of it. He's got that high K. I mean, he could definitely strike out a lot of guys. I would definitely take a flyer on him, no doubt. Yeah, and that's what I, that's what I was saying. I think a part of it. I think a lot of it was burnout because, I, I again, throwing he threw less breaking balls, more more you know fast balls, and with it, the stats you know the the he got beat up and piled on, man, and not to mention the decrease in velo in velocity and. Just again, I mean, I know I'm reiterating it, but I just want to point out that there were reasons for the, you know, the beating he took. I think that I think the I think the underlying reason was the burnout, which we both suggest probably happened. <sighs> yeah, the thing is, uh, oh goodness, I I feel like I feel like his first half is going to stick out to to most people's minds that you know, uh, you know, halfway through the season people start tuning out and stuff. But I just feel like he could possibly go too high for my liking. Um, in in these like twelve team leagues, that's fine. Then you just settle for Sandy Alcantara later, or Mitch <laughs> Keller, both of which will probably rank higher than Caleb Smith at this point. 
Maybe. I haven't gotten that far in my pitcher ratings. Of guys coming back from major injury, who will have the best season and why? Isn't Tyone out the whole year? Like, people keep forgetting. I think people – I think yeah, most of it, yeah. He had TJ. Yeah. Okay. That's, so, that's, let's, ig- let's ignore him then. And they took forever to – yeah, that was, that was a mess. Yeah, I'm not touching him in redraft. I've sold him in Dynasty. I don't want a guy with two – and I was a huge Tyone guy last year. So we're going to take Tyrone off this list. The names he mentioned are like Severino, Klubro, Tani McCullers. Who will have the best season and why? So he picked a few injury, injured guys. Who is the one that you're going to put your money on and why? I would go with Severino, I think. <laughs> See, uh, this is tough. It is tough. If 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 you could use Otani both ways, I think he's extremely valuable. But I would have to go with Severino because I think he's going to get his stuff back. He's young. Kluber's old, so that's scary. McCullers has been hasn't played a in a game in how long, so you don't know how rusty he's going to be. Severino at least pitched a couple games at the end of this year, so I feel like he's going to be the least rusty and. He's young and he has the talent. So for me, I go Severino. Is it cheap? Like, is it like a cheap or cheating way to say, like, I, I would take Otani on a per game basis? <laughs> I just don't think he's going to pitch enough. I think coming off TJ, you know, he's going to be limited. He was already on, like, I remember before the injury, he was on a six day rotation, like a six start rotation. And yeah. as a hitter, he wouldn't hit the day before or the day, day after a game. So even as a hitter, he's limited. So, I mean, I'm not sure how much upside there really is there. Not to mention any setbacks as a pitcher might, like, may likely eliminate him as a hitter, plus Joe Madden. Who knows what's going to happen there? It's Otani's concerning. There's going to be, there's obviously going to be an innings limit for him, as there probably will be with most, most of these guys. Maybe not Kluber. Because Kluber, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a structural shoulder or elbow thing, it was a forearm. Yeah. And he might be the only one of these here that won't have any limits Severino but I'm going with I'm actually with Mike on Severino because I think of these guys he might not have he might have an innings limit but I think he's going to be the healthiest with the most upside yeah. of uh of these guys to be completely honest yeah I agree with Severino you know being the choice here um McCullers will be very interesting oh I love McCullers I wrote about him a little That's bit a, that two-seam fastball looks so nice He's, he's already back in the 90s. Did you see the Twitter videos yeah, and stuff? I saw it, yep. He's, still, yeah, he's already I, back in the 90s? There's going to be rust, I think, though. Oh, it's dude, tough. he's, he's going to be limited. Man. He'll probably be in the bullpen for at some portions of next year, if not the start of next year. But he's going to be – I think he's going to be a solid draft value. You'll be able to – remember there was, Remember the conversation was him or Paxton around, like, SP15 at one point? That was a thing, yeah. SP12, SP15. Yeah. Like, we we got to see where his ADP lies. I mean, hopefully these pitchless mocks help. But I think he's going to be a fringe, like, 150-ish guy. And at that at that price, I'm willing to take my gamble. He's going to be a top 50 SP for me, probably top yeah. 40. I just haven't gotten there yet, but I'm going to be really – I think I'm going to be pretty aggressive with him because the upside's there. Again, it was him or Paxton just two years ago. And they were both going in those teen, like early, you know, 12 to 15 range. A guy with that upside, although albeit limited – on a per game basis, again, this is more—he's more valuable in roto leagues and categories leagues where you know 
you can make daily transactions, but on a per game basis, we could be looking at an SP two type of upside, but likely an SP three. Yeah. How do you rank these guys going into what, well, at least right now? I'm torn on Otani versus Kluber. I, in my ranks, I think it's Otani then Kluber for the upside. I think it's Severino, Otani, Kluber, McCullers is how I have them ranked. I have Severino, Kluber, Otani, McCullers. Yeah, I pretty much rank them how they're listed here. Um, I, I really want to see McCullers, man. I really want to see Kluber. Like, he's going to start slow if Otani comes out healthy. That's the other thing. I want to see how Otani looks in spring training, how his, um, how he's bouncing back, what type of workload they're talking about. Like, there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. So, Otani could, Otani could be ranked in the 40s before the offseason's over. Spring training's going to be huge with a lot of these guys to just checking on their velocities, you know? Speaking of velocities, make sure we watch Clevengers and Montas. I'm the yeah. I'm the velo I'm the velo guy, man. That's like more like you, although Clevengers did still dominate with his lower velocity. Yeah, but we were talking. Remember the K, the K the K minus walk was like a three or four percent difference. Right, it was like right, it was notably right. different, notably yeah. less dominant. Still dominant. But still, I guess my point my point is is like you are really good. You're quick with your numbers. You're quick with everything else. But man, am I big on pitch mix changes and like that's my strength. That's one thing I do. Like the first thing I look for. Oh wait, he did better. Let's go see what. Oh, he changed his arsenal. Oh, he added a pitch. Oh, velocity change. That's my biggest. Like those are my things. That's one thing I've gotten down packed when it comes to looking at pitchers. The one thing I have so much more to learn still. <laughs> I need to learn hitters. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I've, I've done. Like, dude, I've done so much better on pitchers, but I still have so much to do when it comes to them. Hitters are second nature. They're so much fun for me. Yeah. So last but not least, Justin Verlander. We are very aware of how lucky he was as far as his low BABIP, his 88.4% strain rate, and his absurdly high hard hit rate. Is he the riskiest pit planes play? I guess he went pitcher, really, inside the top 10 SPs. If not, who is? Uh, I think it depends. Like, is Chris Sale inside anyone's you know top 10? I think uh, I just moved him out. I think I just moved him out the other day. Right. So, I mean, if it's not – if it's not Verlander, it's probably Sale. If you, if Sale's there, I was um, say Sale. Sale. Sale was the. I wanted to take Sale's name out of it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say who outside of Sale because right now, Sale is roughly top ten, but a lot of people are already down on him. So I want. He's an easy one. He's the easy choice. So take Sale out of it. Who in the top ten would be risky? Because I don't think Verlander is really risky. I think take. I think. He is my number four pitcher. I still have Scherzer ahead of him, which I'm in. I'm in the big minority on that one, but I have Verlander four, and I just I, I don't know though. I, I understand the risk there, but at the same time, I mean, if Strasburg's in the top ten, I'd say he's riskier. That's only the name that comes to mind, really. Well, so I actually don't really mind his stats, especially the strain rate, because we've seen pitchers accelerate over that. I mean, Snell, when he won a Cy Young, he had uh, 80-something left on base rate also. Um, I think pitchers can definitely overcome that. But when it comes to risk, especially in the top 10, I know I, I have Sale as number 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sale is more risky. I honestly think Scherzer is more risky. I mean, with the back, that worries me. Yeah. And Verlander wasn't hurt. I know he's old, but, I mean, Scherzer's up there too, and Scherzer has a back problem. 
So that scares me. Yeah, that's um, actually what I had in mind too. And I know Sale has his issues, but I feel he's still – even if the guy puts up 160 innings, he's he's an ace. I mean, his his numbers haven't faltered. I, I get the ERA, but, I mean, the underlying numbers are still ridiculous. Clevenger can be a little scary as well just because of his aggressive um, – what's it called? Oh, my God, I can't think of the term. Uh, delivery <laughs> his <laughs> aggressive delivery it's you know and as mike said his velocity went down so i mean nothing really points to verlander with his age being an issue whereas you have scherzer who had an injured back clemenger was hurt who has a really volatile delivery you have sale who has injury risk so i don't even think he's the i mean i could put all three of them right there with verlander honestly that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, if, you, if you're talking risky, I mean, like, what, if you're talking risky, what's the risk with Verlander? That he's going to bust? That he's going to have a bad year? That I guess he reached that age finally where he falls off the cliff, I guess. But nothing's <laughs> indicating that. Like right. Exactly. So how, you can't even think that way. If there's indications that he, you know, even he points out his XFIP and stuff, and it's still low threes. Like, how, right. how, who wouldn't take that? I would take that any, any day. I think the only concern would be okay, some of that stuff regresses like it should, and he's closer to the 10th best pitcher. Which, if I'm taking somebody at the four, people think like, oh, you're drafting somebody top four, they have to be top four. Dude, if I'm drafting somebody top four and they're a top 10 pitcher, I am happy. You have to understand, like, obviously, I expect the, you're drafting top four pitchers for the upside of being a top four pitcher. But if they're a top 10 pitcher, they did their job. Maybe they're not top four because they didn't get the wins or something stupid. Right, yeah. So I think Chris Sale is the one with the most risk. All the injuries, it's just pretty much he's the only one in, in, my, in our top tens or any top tens that are really risky. The rest I feel really comfortable with. It's, it's a hard question to really answer. I'm not really concerned, like you said, I'm not really concerned with Verlander at all. Scherzer's back doesn't worry you? Not even a little bit. Really? Yeah. That's like saying – Not even the way it affected Kershaw, though? Well, Kershaw, Kershaw's back affected everything about him. I mean, he started – he's been throwing softer. He's been injury-plagued ever since. He's not – you know, he's not the pitcher. He's not the dominant pitcher. Scherzer still came back and was dominant. It's like saying you're, you're worried about Clevenger's back. Right, but Scherzer is old – I mean, not uh, older in real life, but older when it comes to baseball. And the fact that he couldn't even – I mean, some people speculate it was true, but I think it's true. I mean, the fact that he couldn't pitch a day because he couldn't get up and even move, it, it's just – back is something that can nag you forever. And I just – I'm afraid that Scherzer will go down to 25 starts and – it, taking him in top three, he's in my top four, but most people on top three, I mean, I can't risk it taking someone that high who has a problem like that, whereas Verlander has no health issue currently at all. I still want Scherzer. I think I'm going to be taking Verlander uh, before I'm taking Scherzer. Yeah, that's, Scherzer. Why, that's why I've Scherzer on to Verlander. Scherzer's the better pitcher, but – because of that injury and his age, that's what's so scary. And I mean, honestly, I'm not taking Verlander Scherzer at all this year. I'm not touching either of them. 
due to right. age, I'm very age biased when it comes to fantasy. That's just how I am. And when you get to a certain age, I'm not touching you because I do not want to be, I don't want to own you that year that you fall off the cliff. That's why I will never own Nelson Cruz again. Ever. You don't want, you don't want to be stuck holding the hot potato. Yeah. A, a lot of people think it's stupid and that's fine. I mean, it's I get it. Thing. I mean, it people took Nelson, down. people took Nelson Cruz's year. I mean, reap the benefits, but I'm just not someone who's willing to do that, especially with these guys and how high they're going in drafts. I forget it. I'm not even thinking about either of them. I'd rather take Nelson Cruz at his price than Stanton at his price. Stanton can't stay healthy. Cruz is an old bag of bones, but whatever. That's a whole other discussion. We're getting into, we're getting into draft strategy. <laughs> yeah. And let me – I need to clarify. Stanton's ranked higher, but – the price difference, I rather it's it's a value thing. I don't rather I wouldn't actually rather have Nelson over Stanton. Okay, I shouldn't have to say that, but I feel the need to make sure I point that out. <laughs> <laughs> so is that gonna do, it, guys? I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah. So again, because the whole audio snafu, and honestly, this took way longer than anticipated. Anyway, we aren't we aren't doing. Uh, we're gonna push back the catcher previews until next week, so it'll be out Monday or Tuesday or so of next week. So stay tuned for that. Until then, you have Mike writing his stuff. I guess he writes stuff. I mean, I never read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow him on Twitter at SP Streamer. He comes out with two articles a week, plus a lot bunch of other fun stuff, a lot of polls and all that other good stuff on his Twitter. You can follow George at J Munson as ninety. He, he and I both write for fan tracks. He comes out with his stuff on occasion. Right now, he's enjoying the downtime like like a man, like he should. Although you are working on – aren't you working on some stuff? We have some stuff in the works? Yeah, yeah. Over the next couple of weeks, I've got uh, just some couple uh, 2019 reviews of some busts and some breakouts, if I'm buying them or not, going into next season. And then it's going to be something I'll keep updating uh, throughout draft season, um, you know, and then right, right as we – right as we kick off, you know, February, March, really get into it, then uh, I'll really be updating those and coming out with uh, sleepers and breakouts and all that stuff. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff over at uh, Fantrax HQ. And somehow I've managed to fall into positional previews. I offered to do it once after the catcher rankings because we dropped consensus catcher rankings over at Fantrax for our, our baseball writers. And then that turned into me doing one for every position. So I guess I'm going to be doing those. I honestly don't know what I'm doing half the time anymore. I mean, like, I, I uh, took a little break here, but I feel like I've fallen behind. I got to catch up with you guys. I, I, I meant to take a break, but you know, it's just one thing led to another, and I realized I feel like I'm playing catch-up, and it's November, November. I feel like I need to still catch up myself. Right. But I guess a lot of it is because behind the scenes, a little bit, I guess a little sneak peek before we let you go. Let's see, working on a YouTube page. So we're going to be doing some videos, some fun interactive videos, look, working on live streaming, some some AMAs so we can do some live chats and help, you know, live help on the fly for your lineups. Um, some live streaming of possibly, you know, streaming mock drafts and all that stuff so you guys can follow along, see our thought processes and all that. Like there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff we're really trying to do for this podcast next year and to learn how to take the time and really learn all these softwares is what's keeping me busy. So besides the writing, of course. So yeah, that's why I feel like I'm behind personally. And that's a little sneak peek of what we're doing here at bases loaded. So <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot happening. A lot of things we're trying to do to help you guys win your leagues and really just take this to another level. So I hope you guys stick around and um, yeah, that's everything guys. Follow us on Twitter at bases loaded pod on Instagram at bases loaded pod and soon to be a YouTube channel and all that other stuff. Um, until next time guys though, we appreciate you listening as always. And we'll talk to you soon. 